With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. Issues that dominate America. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, welcome back to Hour 2 of State of the Nation. It is good to be with you. I am Steve Hook, broadcasting live uh, from uh, New Jersey. And we've got, well, we're going to jump into the crazy end of the pool on this segment, Hesher. That's what we're going to do. I mean, we've talked about some insane things in the last hour. Uh, This hour promises more of the same. (laughs) Yes, it does. Uh, that that's for sure. Now, listen. I want to talk to. Uh, I want to talk about this program in Ohio. Have you been following this story at all, Hesher, with paying kids to go to school? Yes. It's rather crazy, isn't it? It's an in, it's an insane, insane uh, thing. Well, we're going to be talking about that with our buddy um, Mark Powell here in just a minute. But speaking of insane, how about this? How about the Texas border situation? Uh, that is being completely ignored uh, by the feds. And Abbott is now threatening to uh, uh, to basically say, we're going to not only ignore you, we're going to put up more of this razor wire. Well, Republican lawmakers now are pushing to, uh, to ban the feds' ability to remove border barriers. Representative Mike Collins of Georgia introduces legislation today that would ban federal authorities from rem- removing razor wires or any other barriers on the, along the Mexico-U.S. border in the state of Texas, Collins' move comes after the U.S. Supreme Court, of course, handed down that ridiculous uh, ruling, a narrow 5-4 ruling earlier this week, day before yesterday, to be precise, allowing federal authorities uh, to basically cut the razor wire that Texas uh, Governor Greg Abbott had put in place. And the name of this act that Collins from Georgia's put together is the restricting, I love the name, the restricting administration zealots from obliging raiders or the Razor Act. You see what he did there? <laughs> razor wire. They always yes. come inside. Somebody in that Senate office or somebody in that congressional office came up with a lot of money for coming up with that name. But what do you think about this, Ash? Well, first off, with regards to the acronym, um, I used to be a federal employee, so I've uh, actually sat at tables where we take a word and then try to build an acronym around them. It's a fun procedure, I got to say. <laughs> so I'm I'm sure you're right. There was a uh, board table somewhere that had some fun uh, creating that. But in all seriousness, I totally understand the sentiment and I approve of the sentiment. But when it comes right down to it, Steve, I'm still uh, dubious about Abbott. I'm still dubious about Operation Lone Star. I do. The whole point of this, right, is to deport people, right? Like that's ostensibly what the point is. We're going to be blocking people from entering and or deporting them. I I, I can take the first part, the blocking people from entry part, but we've seen this before from Abbott and from Texas where it's like, no, you can't go here. Go down there. <laughs> go to your east or to your west and find a port of entry where you can turn yourself into CBP. And from what I'm hearing from our sources on the ground journalistically, uh, they are not deporting these people that are uh, in this sector. They're simply being handed back over to CBP. And then CBP processes them doing what they do. So what I'm seeing here is a political fight, a political show, but I'm not seeing the actual rubber meeting the road when it comes to 
um, forgive me, Texas, the little guy here, Texas, <laughs> as opposed to the federal government. Yeah, yeah. So in other words, it's it's all a psyop from both sides of the aisle here. You've got I hate to say it, got, Steve, but that's what I'm saying. That, that, that's what you're saying. I can read between the lines. I've known you long enough to figure out where your head's at. So you think <laughs> that, that that he's putting on a good show. It looks great, but it's really, uh, for all intents and purposes, AI. It's not real what you're seeing because the very people that the Texas National Guard under Abbott's authority are apprehending, they're just walking them around the razor wire and handing them off to CBP, correct? That's what I'm hearing from journalistic sources on the ground here in Texas. So, you know, as Mark Anderson pointed out when he joined us last week, uh, we've got people in Eagle Pass sector and other sectors, you know, and um, we're not seeing any sort of, you know, extra arrests. We're not seeing any like go back to the country you came from. Uh, but we are seeing a lot of razor wire and, you know, little media junkets here and there. And then, you know, legal, uh, legal and political statements like the one we're talking about right now from Mike Collins out of Georgia. Well, one thing I would just say is that is that if there and you know me, silver lining guy here, if there is a silver lining, it is that this this issue has become so polarizing. Uh, and I don't mean polarizing right versus left here. It's polarizing the citizenry versus the government. I don't care if you're a Republican or Democrat. You look at any of the polls in Iowa or New Hampshire, and those two states are about as far away from the border as you can get. That one issue is the number one issue on voters' minds right now because they can all see what we can see. It's wide open. We don't control our sovereignty. And therefore, uh, something's going to happen, and then we're going to all be pointing fingers at each other, and we want to make sure that the blame is placed well before the event happens and the blame lies at the feet of the administration, the current administration. But anyway, yeah, I take your point though. All right. Hey, listen, um, where am I at here? I'm, oh, here we are. If you're enjoying listening to TNT and we know you are, and maybe even watching it, if you think we're doing a good job, let us know. We sure would love to hear from you. Why not leave us a like or a positive review, maybe a comment on Facebook, Gab or Getter and help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk TNT. Conversations to inform and include. It's meant for everyday people to understand. Today's News Talk Radio TNT. Okay, we are back. And as I mentioned, Hesher, before we uh, did the little uh, deal there on the border, that we were going to jump into the crazy end of the pool on this next story. Yeah. And if you're going to jump into the crazy end of the pool, you need a lifeguard. And we can think of nobody better than Mark Powell. Mark uh, joins us now. He's a former San Diego Board of Education member. He's also a former San Diego police officer. Uh, he works in real estate. He's kind of a renaissance man is really what he is. Uh, Mark, hello, sir. How are you? Welcome to the program. It's always good to see you, my friend. Uh, good to see you guys, too. Yeah. Listen, I want to talk about this Ohio law proposal, which is so absurd that I swear it reads almost like a Saturday Night Live skit. Students as young as five years old could get paid to show up to class under a proposed Ohio law aimed at fighting absenteeism. Under a pilot program, the state would make biweekly $25 cash transfers to select kindergartners through ninth graders just for showing up Nine out of 10 days during a two-week uh, period of time. And again, here's Mark to discuss this with us. So you're getting paid 
to do what you're supposed to do. What's the story here? This seems absurd, Mark. Well, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to have to spend $1.5 million of government money to tell you this experiment is going to be a failure. You have to look at the reasons why almost 50% of the kids aren't going to school. And, and being a former uh, police officer and teacher and school administrator, I can tell you pretty clearly, many schools are dangerous. I've personally taken loaded weapon off of a kid in school. I've witnessed kids being bullied, tormented. You know, you you might buy a pair of uh, Air Jordans. You, you couldn't even wear them in some schools because you wouldn't get through the day before somebody ripped them off your feet or threatened to beat you up if you didn't give them your, your shoes. You can't even wear certain colored t-shirts in schools without fear of being beat up, robbed, abused. It's one of the few places in your lifetime where you have the highest probability of being assaulted. And that and those are our public schools. A lot of this stems from that defund the police movement that we heard about uh, a year or so ago. And, and when that occurred, what happened was we lost school resource officers. So there's nobody there even to police the schools. We've seen on television students beating up teachers. Have you seen this? They're just yeah. wailing on teachers right in the hallway. And the students, they don't even help. You know what they do? They take their cell phones out and they video record it. They they post it to on social media to see how many hits they can get. So our schools are dangerous and our curriculum is not engaging. So you have kids in school that are not being challenged, are not being engaged. And a lot of that has to do with you pack 30 kids in school and let's say three or four of them are disruptive they ruin it for the rest of the class. If you went to a movie theater and four or five of the people in the movie theater kept talking and shouting out and making noise and disrupting, you can't enjoy the movie theater. But what schools are doing now is they're saying, oh, we can't suspend those students. This is not equitable. That We need hmm. to find out why they're acting out. Let's take them in a corner and talk to them. Well, guess what? It doesn't work. And it doesn't work to give uh, a ninth grader, a 12th grader, $25 a week when you have no courses for financial literacy. What do you think they're going to do with that money? They're just going to blow it. They're going to spend it. They have no idea about savings. They have no idea how to how a checking account works or how a credit card works. So we have to get financial literacy back in school. And hey, guys, what happened to the trades? Remember when we were in school, we had metal shop, wood shop, we had automotive shop. We were learned a skill. Well, these kids that aren't showing up to, for school, let's get them in a trade. Let's teach them a skill. You know, if you want to hire a plumber here in California, it's about 175 bucks an hour. That's not a bad gig. You don't have to have a high school diploma to be a plumber or a mechanic or any of the other trades, contracting, you know, a framer concrete work, masonry. They don't teach that in school. They teach every, they tell everybody you're going to go to college, but it doesn't work. So the entire school system, the way it's structured is not working for these kids. Yeah. yeah. And you want to talk about a place you can get bullied as a young adult. College is a great one to discuss. I mean, especially <laughs> if you're a young person with any sort of traditional values or heck, even if you're just going there to do your education, 
that gets disrupted by identity politics being thrown around by by students on college and even professors at this point. I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, we're so far into this, like you said, you know, the the teachers, the administrators. I no one in my high school would have gotten away with this kind of stuff, Mark. When 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 I see these videos that you're talking about, like a six foot tall African American 15 year old um clocking his teacher over the head with his nintendo his handheld nintendo because she told him to put it down uh that is absolutely staggering when i was going to school if that would have happened it wouldn't have escalated that far before that dude was kicked out and moved to a secondary school or some other program and now that that's just not what happens anymore so this factor you're bringing up about you know uh why kids are not going to school you know, and then there's the parents of that 50% of kids too. Many of them are um, not well prepared or spread too thin, or they themselves are corrupted with identity politics and are actually raising the kids in line with the way the, the school and the school administration teach them, teaches them. I mean, how, how dangerous is this culturally? Well, it's extremely dangerous. Our schools are not safe. And I've said that for forever, you know, if, if you're not being assaulted, you're being offered uh, fentanyl pills that can kill you. Some In some schools, they can't even go in the bathroom because in, during the break, kids are smoking weed, they're having sex, they're shaking down other kids in the bathroom that are just trying to go to the bathroom. Heck, we had a, we had a situation here in Santee, out here in San Diego County, a kid went into the bathroom, loaded a gun, and went out into the schoolyard and started shooting people. These are the kind of things that terrify kids. Kids, the kids don't feel safe at school. But what we have to do is follow the money. You ever heard that term? Follow the money, you'll know where this is going. So many school districts are funded by something called average daily attendance or ADA. So every time there's a butt in a seat, they get paid. So when you're getting a 50% absenteeism rate, the schools are losing money. So what I think they're doing is they're hedging their bets and going, hey, if we give them a little bit of money, we're not gonna lose a lot of money. So I don't think this is something about really getting the kids in school so we can teach them. I think it's about the teachers and the unions not losing their average daily attendance money because mathematically it would work out if the program worked. But the reason why they're not in school is not because they're, they don't wanna go to school. They just wanna go to a school that's safe, that's engaging, that has teachers that care about them. They don't wanna be crammed into a classroom with 30 or 40 kids with a bunch of disruptive students. It's not safe. So yeah. what I would recommend schools to do is start looking at their curriculum, start looking at their education. And, and like I said, if you if you offer a good product, people are going to come. They're going to want to come to school. You know, Mark, I, I, it's I, when you raise the follow the money thing. Of course, my my cynic uh, antenna immediately go up because I was thinking the same thing. This has to be something where money is somehow the money the, the you know the, the money lenders are getting involved or the, or somehow something is is pushing this needle. Uh, what about the argument, and I'm just going to throw this out there, that there's some kids that probably live in a house, with maybe a single-parent house, maybe an abusive uh, uh, parental uh, relationship, who knows, 
that are now going to be told, you get your butt up out of bed and get your butt into school because we're going to use that money they're giving you to supplement our household income. It just seems like it's such a bad idea on so many different levels to, to use money to buy yourself out of a problem that is not really money related. It absenteeism truancy isn't necessarily money related. It could be the, 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 you know, the kid, like you said, the kid doesn't want to go to school because he's, he's getting threatened every time he goes to school or uh, a, a girl had a bad experience or whatever the case may be. But they, the politicians always seem to land on the let's throw money at the problem. And in this case, throw money at a kindergartner. Steve, once again, you hit the nail on the head. But the problem with this program, the way it's set up, is that it just says you have to go to school. But it doesn't say you have to perform. They give incentives if you get a 3.5 GPA. So what you're teaching the kids now is, you know what? You can just show up at work. You don't have to do anything. And you're going to get paid. Life doesn't work that way. Life only works is if you show up and you produce. The one thing that really works in schools is, is sports. So when you try out for the football team or the basketball team, baseball team, or wrestling, the teacher doesn't look at your race, religion, color, how much money you make. The coach looks at you and says, are you going to work hard? Are you going to come to practice? Are you going to make the team? And the people that put the time in, do the hard work, they make the team and they get the rewards. It doesn't work that way in the academic section. They coddle the lower ends of the students. They offer all of the services to everybody at the bottom end. But what about the kid that's doing really good? They don't get anything. They get no accolades. They get no real rewards. They're just kind of put off to the side. So you have the, the higher end achieving students are not being rewarded for all of their hard work. And then the lower end of this of the spectrum, they they've checked out because yeah, they, they take advantage. The schools give, get it. Yep. Well, Mark, listen. Thank you very much. And that's exactly why in that bill it says select kindergartners through night because yeah. they're going to pick them. So, <laughs> exactly. Mark Powell, as always, uh, brother. Thank you. It's always great to see you. We miss your cat. Last time you were here, your cat oh, jumped yeah, in no, your lap. He's out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next time we'll see the cat again. But Mark so Powell, as always, my friend, thanks for joining us here on State of the Nation. You have a wonderful day, man. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, take care. There he goes. That's Mark Powell. I told you, man, we're going to get in the crazy end of the pool here. Madness. I'm telling you, you're watching State of the Nation. We'll be right back on today's News Talk, TNT. TNT's Jeremy Nell. Nice comment here from Rebecca. She says, the youngest people um, I work with are a bit more mature, but their interactions with the public is stifled, and she's referring to the excessive use of cell phones and social media and how it's making them so antisocial also. The business is open six days a week. One of his staff members formally requested that they shouldn't, you know, that they could they be given permission not to have to work on Wednesdays so that they could help at the dog shelter. Now, as you know, I'm a dog lover. I have hunting dogs. I've got dogs coming out of my ears, my Malinois. And this dog, this Malinois, is bright even by Malinois standards. She can do crossword puzzles. Is lying under my desk at the moment, feeling sorry for herself because she's just come on heat for the first time and she's completely bewildered. She doesn't know why she's bleeding to death. It's not about 
whether it's a good or a bad thing to work at animal shelters. That's a delightful thing. It's a noble thing to do. But who in their right minds goes to their boss and says, would you mind? I'd rather not work on Wednesdays if it's okay, because I've got other priorities in a, in a town <laughs> down the road. Jeremy now on today's News Talk TNT. The Light is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. They've launched a new service called Wake Up Your Neighbours where you can get copies delivered to the streets right around you if you don't want to do it yourself. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. Thelightpaper.co.uk It sounds really good. It's it like, sounds real, it's dude. Not bad, huh? This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Board Certified Trauma and Emergency Specialist, Dr. Kelly Victory, is about to join us. She's a regular here at State of the Nation, so you likely know her very well by now. And today, I would like to start with what happened to a little girl named Maddie. Maddie was one of the children who took Pfizer's vaccine test on children. Young Maddie's parents were very pro-vaccine in 2020. They signed their three children up for a clinical trial testing Pfizer's vaccine on 12 to 15-year-olds to see if it was effective. And this happened at the Cincinnati Children's Hospital. Uh, Maddie was chosen to get two doses, and uh, on January 20th of 2021, she had her second dose. She said she felt like she was being electrocuted and her heart was being ripped out. Her extremities turned white, cold, and painful, and she lost all feeling in her legs. Lead doctor in the study gave her nothing. Physicians insisted her paralysis, seizures, and passing out were caused by anxiety. So she was treated poorly in the hospital. She was rushed to the ER nine times. She had heart problems. She was unable to swallow. She was fed through a tube. And the, <laughs> this reaction by this little girl should have been a giant red flag for Pfizer, for Big Pharma. But they disregarded her story. And shortly after that, the FDA moved to approve the emergency use authorization of this drug, mislabeled as a vaccine, with no mention of what happened to poor Maddie. So joining us now is Dr. Victory. Dr. Victory, when I hear a story like this, it makes me so angry. And I think it makes a lot of people watching this very angry also because this is someone I don't know. But we all at this point know someone who's had something like this happen or someone in their families had something like this happen. How insane is it that this EUA is still in existence and they're still saying that you should put this stuff in your children and yourself? Well, well, thank you very much for having me, as always. Uh, I think the word insane is, is precisely the correct one. It is insane. As I sit here today, January of 2024, we still do not have a single FDA-approved quote, vaccine for COVID available in the United States. They're all only available under the emergency use authorization, the EUA. By definition, they remain experimental. So you might begin by asking yourself precisely what 
emergency are we in that we still need an emergency use authorization? The pandemic has been over for two plus years now. The story you're telling about Maddie, the subject in the very, very, very limited studies that were done on this vaccine before they were launched on the public, is in fact tragic. And it should have been uh, the proverbial canary in the coal mine. It was a harbinger of things to come, of the massive uh, injuries and disastrous results we were going to see from these. It uh, It's worth remembering, for example, back in 1976, the swine flu vaccine was pulled from the market after there were 25 associated injuries, 25. This quote vaccine for COVID now has injuries counting in the millions, yet it's still on the market, as you said, being recommended for people across the board, children, old people, pregnant women. It's just unconscionable. It not only is an ineffective vaccine, meaning it does not stop you from contracting COVID. In fact, the opposite, it increases your chance of contracting COVID. But on top of it, it does not decrease the risk of transmission, transmitting the virus to others, and it doesn't decrease your risk of hospitalization or death. They should have been pulled from the market. It is long past time for that. God Almighty, I tell you, I I, I got to, hey hey uh, doctor, it's it's great to see you again. I like Hesh. I get so angry at this story. I don't know young Maddie, but as a father and as a parent, I can put myself in the position of her parents. The one difference is I would never sign my young right. daughter up for a trial. So, but my anger is kind of multifaceted. I'm angry at the parents. I'm angry at Pfizer. I'm angry at the government. I'm angry at the media. Uh, that is burying all of this because they're making buku bucks selling ad time to Pfizer. So it, it makes it, it's so, you, you almost feel like you have nowhere to turn because you're so, who do you bitch at? You can't complain to the government. They're going to say you're a, you're a denier or you're some kind of whack job. Pfizer is just going to say, yeah, whatever. They're counting their money. They can't, they're too you know busy to be bothered. And then you've got Maddie's parents who were saying, we thought we were doing the right thing because Pfizer told us it was safe. The media told us it was safe and government told us it was safe. So this is just outrageous. The only, the only reason I can think that this emergency youth authorization is still on the books is for money, isn't it? Well, absolutely. To be clear, the emergency use authorization allows for several things. Number one, and very importantly, it provides blanket immunity to the vaccine manufacturers. Any vaccine that is given under the emergency use authorization causes they bear no liability if you have an untoward uh, outcome, if you are injured by it. The millions of people who have been injured have no recourse. There's no way to go back against them because of the blanket protection by the emergency use authorization. Furthermore, as I said, they have breached the actual, you know, the intricacies of that law. We are not in an emergency anymore. Furthermore, there's no indication that the vaccine, that the treatment is effective, and therefore it should have lost the emergency use authorization as soon as the efficacy fell below 50%, which was in within a matter of months. It was something like 45 days and the efficacy was down to in the, in the mid forties. This thing is long past due. 
Furthermore, there's a reason why the average vaccine takes six to eight years to come to market if it ever comes to market at all. This one case that you're talking about with this one child, Maddie, she had a horrible outcome. And rather than stepping back and saying, whoa, maybe we need to, you know, do some additional studies, they said, okay, full steam ahead and acted, you know, swept that under the rug and acted as if this child was confabulating or making up her symptomatology. It's just, it's repulsive, honestly. And who are, who are people to trust if our government agencies, the CDC, the FDA, the regulatory bodies who are empowered to actually oversee these things, if they are not looking out for the best interests of the public, if public health is not their primary concern, and instead the almighty dollar is their, is their concern, which it appears to be, they have done nothing to uh, imbue a sense of, of confidence at all in the American people. And people, I think, have a right to really turn a, a blind eye and say, listen, I'm not listening to you fools. The next thing that comes along, and there will be a next thing, wait, it's coming, uh, but people have a right to be very, very skeptical. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why we're having this conversation. That's why we always love it when you join us. We have a headline inbound. We're going to take him when we come back. I want to pick up right there and talk about where this is all headed, because that is very important right now, right here in 2024, as it pertains to the state of the nation, the actual state of the nation. But this is State of the Nation on today's News Talk, TNT. TNT Radio News. Bring the news. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. Governor Greg Abbott of Texas has escalated the ongoing conflict between the state and the federal government over a two-and-a-half-mile border stretch, asserting Texas's constitutional right to defend itself against illegal immigration. Several senior members of the Conservative Party have shown support for Prime Minister Rishi Sunak amid criticisms and calls for his resignation by former Tory cabinet minister Sir Simon Clark. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab or Getter? Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Dr. Kelly Victory is our guest. Dr. Victory, I'm going to pepper you with a couple of things here, and you can just pick and choose how you want to respond to it, because so many things are going through my head in light of this conversation. Number one, why would a six-year-old girl get myocarditis? That one might be somewhat rhetorical. <laughs> what is going on with product safety? If Peloton puts out a bike or a treadmill that someone thinks someone might get hurt on, they recall the entire product line before anyone even gets hurt, or if one person gets hurt. This is, this is a documented case. Now, on top of all that, how concerning is it that they still push it when we're talking about maybe 17 million people or more who have had their lives completely disrupted or taken from them in this campaign? How concerning is it that the WHO is still working on this pandemic agreement and they're gonna shove it under the door at the last minute outside of policy? And how concerning is it that at Davos, they're threatening the world with an unknown disease with a 100% fatality rate right now? 
Well, lots to unpack there, but let me make a few comments. Uh, first of which, uh, the number of injuries from this vaccine is stunning. Um, I look at vaccines. I'm not anti-vax in particular, uh, or I certainly wasn't prior to this pandemic. I look at the vaccine as the proverbial three-legged stool where the legs are safety, efficacy, and necessity. We know now that the safety profile is very, very poor. As you said, we've had millions of reported injuries and tens of thousands, if not more, deaths from this vaccine. The efficacy leg is shaky at best. It does not stop you from contracting COVID and a multitude of studies show that it increases your risk of contracting COVID. And then the necessity leg. Right now, COVID constitutes the common cold. People have such mild symptoms, they rarely need to even go to see the doctor, let alone get hospitalized. So every three, uh, every leg of my three-legged stool you know, topples over. There's no indication to be foisting these on people any longer. With regard to what's coming, and I intimated that in the last segment, something is coming. They're now talking about, you know, disease X, the next fear fest. Um, you know, this is coming out of China again, and all the information we have about it really is from China. And you should follow Dr. Kelly's uh, rule number one about the Chinese government, which is believe nothing, uh, absolutely nothing that they say. Um, that said, uh, they are clearly engaged still in gain-of-function research. We know that they are manipulating pathogens, viruses, and bacteria in different labs in China, uh, and they very well may have found a way to weaponize yet another pathogen that could constitute a real threat. I am more concerned about them using quote, disease X, on the other hand, as a way to instill fear in people. It was extremely effective during COVID. People did nonsensical things uh, out of fear, everything from wearing of masks to the made-up construct of social distancing uh, and everything in between. So they know that fear is a very powerful way to get people, uh, to modify people's behavior and to manipulate them because people will do ridiculous things when they're fearful. Um, I do think it's going to be the way that they launch another vaccine, uh, whether it's mandatory or not, this disease X will likely be a way that they do that. And it will certainly drive the push uh, for this pandemic treaty, as we're calling it, with the WHO. The World Health Organization, uh, to be absolutely certain, is the long arm of the Chinese Communist Party. They have no concern about health. They are not a public health platform. Uh, they are really, as I said, they do the bidding of the Chinese government, uh, and they are not concerned a bit about anything other than that. So I think that this is all coming together in the perfect storm, disease X, on top of the existing fear and damage that was done during the COVID pandemic, uh, right at the same time that we have an election that's going to keep people distracted, and they are going to try to slip this uh, pandemic treaty, which essentially subverts or you know abdicates control over our own, the U.S. Constitution. We give authority to the World Health Organization in a time of a, quote, public health crisis, but that public health crisis is defined by them. They can say whatever they want is a public health crisis. Maybe they say that climate change is a public health crisis or gun violence is a public health crisis or God only knows what. And then they can tell us what we are going to do. And they supersede the U.S. Constitution in that case. Yeah, well, 
I tell you one thing that that is that is a loser uh, issue to run on if you're running for president. That by the way, I just handed our constitution over to China uh, mm-hmm. to see if they could make it work better for us. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, you know, I I just uh, I find the whole notion absolutely not only uh, sickening but just almost almost ludicrous that any politician would consider doing that. But here we are. We live in the upside down these days. So what do you expect? Let me circle back on one thing you said, Dr. Victory, because it's something that we've discussed before. And that is this, uh, because of the emergency youth authorization, there is no liability to be laid at the feet of Pfizer, Moderna, J&J, et cetera. But I'm I I understand that if they're if they found if we found that they forged some of their or not forged but fudged some of their their studies and they BS'd their way to get this to market as quick as possible and that can be proven, all of that that no liability goes away. Now all of a sudden they can be sued. Is anybody on the track of of seeing whether they manipulated data or manipulated studies just to get this uh emergency youth authorization oh oh it's irrefutable that they did we we have the receipts they absolutely lied not first of all the formula as it were for the quote vaccine that they submitted to the fda to get the eua they then didn't use that formula they they used a totally different method for making the vaccines that actually got launched in other words, they submitted a, you know, a recipe for chocolate cake, but then they ended up, uh, you know, making carrot cake and selling that as the same thing. Um, so we absolutely know that they were fraudulent. They fudged the data and they hid data. For example, we have the confidential documents from Pfizer well prior to the launch of the vaccine, what is called a biodistribution study. Remember being how we were told that the shot stayed in your deltoid muscle, it stays in your arm where you got injected? Well, Pfizer knew they had proven that that was a lie. They knew that within hours, that mRNA traveled to every major organ system, the colon, the brain, the lungs, the heart, the kidneys, and concerningly, 11% of it ended up in the reproductive organs, namely the ovaries and the testes. They knew that before they lied to the FDA and said it stays in the deltoid. So this isn't a question of if they committed fraud. It's a We know that they did. And it's a matter of getting some people to really push this and not let it drop. Republicans, you know, always talk a big game, but they aren't necessarily great at follow through. People like Rand Paul are on it. There are some great attorneys like Tom Renz out of Ohio and some other real uh, champions who are pushing this. Uh, I think the only chance we have to get accountability for the millions of people who have been injured by these vaccines is, in fact, to do that, to prove fraud, to strip away that liability protection, and to hold the pharmaceutical companies wholly liable for the injuries they've produced. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just shocking that this conversation that we're having on this topic is not a national, international conversation. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's absolutely insane to think that we're going to keep going down this path and just, you mm-hmm. know, allow a arm of the Chinese government to say, well, disease variables on the way. I mean, X is a variable. Yeah. Let's face it. It's a it's it's from algebra one. 
X, insert mm -hmm. X here, uh, insert yep. PCR test results here, insert lateral flow tests here, insert computer model here. This is what they're doing. It's very obvious. Oh, and maybe, just maybe, insert some sort of you know novel pathogen here or there. If they're being successful at creating these things, if they were, I think COVID would have been a lot worse than it was. But we'll shelf that for another time because I want to close in our final minute here with number one, building off what you said, Pfizer tried to steal those studies and documentation for 75 years. If they would have had their way, this would have been like, we wouldn't hear some of the things that we're talking about. You know what I mean? We just had the 60th anniversary of JFK's assassination and we still don't have the facts there. So, you know, they tried to JFK and 9-11 us with the with the mm -hmm. mrna and luckily due to the work uh, of yourself your colleagues many people like you us our, our colleagues out there in social media and broadcasting these things are out there now so we can discuss them with a lot of knowledge but i would like to know um in closing you were taught we were talking about maddie during the headline there since we opened with maddie um close us out with what happened to her what her state is now in like a minute or less well, as I said, this is not a child that I have examined, um, but it's my understanding that she's had a grievous injury, a neurologic injury. I believe that she's still wheelchair bound. Uh, she had a tracheostomy. Uh, she clearly has not returned to baseline. Uh, the problem with these type of neurologic injuries that happen from vaccines, and, and to be clear, many vaccines can cause neurologic injury, things like Guillain-Barre syndrome, um, although it's relatively rare with most vaccines, if you don't recover fully within a matter of, of six to you know eight months, the chance of making a full recovery is very, very low. Uh, and I suspect this child, unfortunately, is going to have a life of uh, life, lifelong misery as a result of her participation in this. Uh, but she is one, to be clear, of millions of people. Uh, it's not just myocarditis and pericarditis and neurologic issues, autoimmune issues, huge upticks in cancers, uh, turbo cancers and otherwise, people developing advanced cancers at very, very young ages, uh, people developing autoimmune issues that are profound, uh, fertility issues. We just had a rat study come out this week that shows now we're finding out that pregnant rats, that the, the, the fetuses, uh, when the mothers got injected, show profound signs of autism, neuronal, you know, deficiencies, motor deficiencies, social, you know, interaction deficiencies. I mean, these are, it's awful. These are studies that should have been done before these were given to the public. Uh, it's unconscionable. This will go down as one of the greatest failures of public health uh, of all time. Yes. Yes, it is. And yes, it will. And we're going to keep talking about it so that it continues to become, we need to keep shedding light on this, Dr. Victory, and we really appreciate every appearance you make here at State of the Nation. Thanks for everything you do. Follow Dr. Kelly Victory on x.com, formerly Twitter. We highly recommend it. I'm there quite often looking at her feed. Uh, always interesting and uh, sometimes infuriating things, but we have to understand the context of this situation. We're four years into it here, people. We yeah. have to understand the context, the risks, and the future threat vectors. Dr. Kelly Victory, thanks again for joining us here. We look forward to your next visit right here on State of the Nation. Today's News Talk, TNT. I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go. I didn't think I'd survive. But I did ask for help, and Covenant House was there for me.
One in 10 young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there. Covenant House helped me break the cycle of homelessness in my family. They gave me the love that I needed. Over 2,000 young people will sleep safely in a Covenant House bed tonight. When youth who are experiencing homelessness have a hot meal, a safe place to sleep, medical care, and love, they can overcome heartbreaking challenges and have a brighter future. They just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed, and I'm succeeding. I'm a, I'm a speaker, I'm an author. Covenant House really helped me and really helped mold me into the woman I am today. If you or someone you love is asking for help, go to safeplacetosleep.org today. I said, could she die? And the doctor said she could. It was so scary. When I started clawing at my neck and trying to breathe and I thought, you know, what are we going to do if I die here? <laughs> How's everyone going to go on? When someone's gravely sick or injured in the bush, they rely on the Royal Flying Doctor service. But now the Flying Doctor needs your help to fund vital medical equipment and supplies. Please search Flying Doctor online to give a regular gift of just $10. You can help equip the Flying Doctor's teams to respond to any emergency anywhere. Search Flying Doctor online. Become a part of the Royal Flying Doctor service and help save lives in the bush. The conversation continues with Brian McLean and Steve Hook at State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, Steve, the Brownstone Institute has authored this thing that I want to bring up, sort of building on what Dr. Kelly Victory was talking about here. You know, um, our what is wrong with our DOJ? What is wrong with our government? What is wrong with this administration? This one's entitled, The DOJ Quietly Prosecutes the COVID Resistance. Now, can you imagine, Steve, if your wife was pregnant during 2020, 2021, and did not want to take the mRNA experimentally, uh, experimental use authorized product, right? You're probably, at, or maybe your maybe your partner is, um, you know, a, a whole someone interested in holistic health. They don't want to go to the hospital. They don't want to have a C-section. They don't want a scheduled birth. They want to have birth at home. Maybe they don't want their little boy to be um, injected with a Hep B virus. Many reasons like this, right? So a lot of people move to midwives. Well, midwives in in New York and plastic surgeons in Utah didn't close schools, shutter businesses, or add trillions of dollars to the national debt, yet they are the primary targets of the Biden DOJ's COVID prosecution. Court documents reveal how the Department of Justice has dedicated hundreds of thousands of dollars and resources to prosecuting Americans, are you ready for this, who forged COVID vaccination statuses. <laughs> They've used undercover agents to take down midwives and local doctors who forged vaccine cards. Many of the criminals we're talking about here had no profit motive. They simply objected to the mandates based on ideological principles or medical concerns, which you would want a medical professional that's helping you with a medical thing to do, I would assume, especially if you're of the aforementioned mindset. 
Um, so, you know, this case, uh, this is insane. These cases have been brought as late as spring of 2022, long after it was widely known that the vaccines didn't stop infection or transmission, which was the only ethical and logistical justification for the mandates. So, Steve, I mean, the DOJ is looking to prosecute healthcare professionals who engaged in this when that was quite literally in many cases i would assume the only option for them to complete a medical task for someone looking for their help i mean how terrible is this well i mean you know it's uh, you ask what is wrong with the doj what is wrong with all these organizations well in a word corruption that's what's wrong with it it's yeah. corrupt they are they are they are pushing forward with an agenda and uh if your health gets in the way of that agenda guess what uh tough luck um you don't have a right to object to the agenda and if you do you crazy peon we're coming after you oh you're a midwife you help people now you're going to jail you know it's look i don't think that it's a good idea to forge fake covid vaccine cards i think that's stupid um but there is such a thing as overkill and what this government is doing is going after Americans that, and if we're honest, did this for all of the right reasons because they were left no recourse but to do this. I mean, in some instances, uh, Hesher, you know, you hear the government always say, no, we never issued any mandates. No, they didn't. They didn't, unless, of course, in the military. Now, that's a different story. But I'm saying, oh, they never forced any private citizen to take something they didn't like. No, but what they did say is, if you're a company of over 50, we strongly encourage you to have all of your employees take this thing. And then the private industry did the government's dirty work and they instituted mandates. So that's why people were faking these cards because they truly didn't want to get this damn shot. And after that, after that bit we just did, after that hit we just did with Dr. Kelly Victory, uh, I think that I think that the people that 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 refused, I think the long lens of history is going to prove they were the wise ones here. Yeah. You know, it's, I'm almost just at a loss for words for this because I think back to when Professor Emily Oster uh, did that piece in The Atlantic, which called for, quote unquote, pandemic amnesty after advocating for vaccine mandates for employees and students and school closures, full lockdowns exactly. over holidays, universal masking. She said, quote, Let's focus on the future, end quote. She insisted. <laughs> well, okay. Um, so like Gavin Newsom, who celebrated, you know, acquisition of dictatorial powers in 2020, he's demanded forgiveness for eviscerating the Bill of Rights also. So it's like you've got these these idiot talking heads, these ghouls, these creatures saying, well, you know, we should all have amnesty and just look forward. Yet the Biden DOJ is going after people who like you pointed out you know i understand your sentiment about like why would you do that you know doing a fake vaccine but it's like we have colleagues even who have done that i have friends who have done that i have listeners who have done that people that watch the show and and i've talked about it with many of them and i get their reasons for it you know it's like well i'm not gonna be shut down no i'm you know what else are you gonna do if it's like you have to get on a plane from you know new york to london or something like that in 2021 um everybody else is doing it 
people are doing it all over the place and people are, you know, so I can't really hold it against the people that did this. It's like, hey, I need to have my baby born or, hey, I need to fly to get my work done or to complete my book or my movie or my project or go see a dying family member, you know, and when we look back at what Kelly Victory was just talking about in the story of that poor little girl, Maddie, and and so many others, tens of millions of others like her, yeah, it's just like you're gonna you're gonna prosecute, you know, average everyday working people for this stuff. I mean, uh, it's it's really staggering to think this is where we're at. Well, I, I, you know, I, listen. Let, let me change subject a little bit, but just to kind of underscore the point you're making, because what they're doing is what uh, what is completely abnormal has now become normal. And another example of this is uh, I was watching, and now you're going to say, well, where's he going with this? This is so out of left field. But in a way, it's not because it's all about controlling narratives. It's all about pushing forward agendas. It's all about saying, don't get in the way of what Big Daddy Gov wants to do. James Carville predicts that Donald Trump will win the election, quote, if he's treated like a normal candidate. Now, what do you think James Carville is actually signaling there? He's telling everybody, don't treat him normal. And this is why you get MSNBC saying he's Hitler. This is why you get CNN and MSNBC and other networks saying we're not even going to cover his speeches. They're going to be lies. How do you know they're going to be lies? Because it's Donald Trump and he's a liar. Now, you say, what does this have to do with COVID? Really nothing. But what it does have to do with is the 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 the, the limits that they will go to, uh, to um, and there are no limits, to, to drive home the agenda, to get rid of anybody that gets in their way. If it's people that are forging COVID passports, they need to go to jail. If it's Trump trying to run for government and, he, and he's trying to upset the apple cart of our globalist uh, uh, pipe dream, he's got to go down. Anybody that talks against this government is now considered dangerous and an insurrectionist, if I could borrow a phrase, and that's what they're doing with everything. Whether it's COVID, whether it's uh, uh, whether it's the border issue with cut, cutting razor wire, whatever it is, you are not allowed to get in the way of government. It's a pretty sickening spot we find ourselves in. It really is. You know, it's the chilling effect. This is the chilling effect that you're talking about. Making examples of people left and yep. right and front and center, back and forth. Make an example. Make an example indictment 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 uh it's it's absolutely amazing you know so you've got the chilling effect which leads to self-censorship and then you have what i think a lot of the nation is stuck under and that's the wonderland effect where am i how did i get here what did i eat or drink to arrive at this place and what do i have to do to return to a place that is somewhat sane where the freaking mad hatters not pouring mrna in my tea every day <laughs> there you go well said thank you hesher that was a wonderful show we thank you all for joining us today on state of the nation we'll do it all over again misty winston's coming up next on today's news talk tnt goodbye